Good afternoon and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spear Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. It's April 17, 2022. This marks our 51st episode on this Resurrection Sunday during our passage of this glorious Passover. Praise the living King Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach, for he reigns today and forevermore. Hallelujah.
Good afternoon and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. It's April 17, 2022. This marks our 51st episode on this Resurrection Sunday during our passage of this glorious Passover. Praise the living King, Yeshua, Yeshua, Hamashiach. For he reigns today and forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to our King Yeshua. Thanks to GospelRiver.com for both. The King of Love, my shepherd, and the Lord is my shepherd. Hello again and thanks for joining us here on Resurrection Day of our Lord and Savior, King Yeshua Hamashiach. Hallelujah. It's April the 17, 2022, and this is episode 51, entitled The Works of Yeshua HaMashiach, Part 2. I hope you have taken in our last podcast, 50, which covers the first part of today's series, The Works of Yeshua HaMashiach. What a glorious time to be alive in celebration of our Lord God Almighty, who is powerful and mighty to deliver. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for listening. I am Sister Noelia, and I am joined by Sister Yira to bring you today's podcast. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God, and we will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com, as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to our programs. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast, on Podbean, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes LA, and Player FM. Please download it and share it, and encourage others to listen to these messages. Once again, we thank you for joining us and sharing in the good news of the great hope and our living King Yeshua. We must never forget that all things are made possible by the Lord God Almighty. And through Yeshua HaMashiach, we have the victory in Him. Today and every day we are here marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover our Lord and Savior, Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thanks to Sister Yidra for the cross and the resurrection.
our blessed Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Let's please begin with our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And please help us not to fall into temptations or transgressions, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So many believers in Christ the King are taking part in Passover today at the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Praise God. If you are partaking in this event, it is giving glory to our Lord God Almighty. So glory to our blessed God. And hello again. Our first part to this second part series today, we covered Mark 7, 8, 9, and 11. So if you can please go back to our 50th episode, you will be able to catch the first part as it covers so many details about the teachings of our Lord Yeshua. To the early Hebrew fathers, a memorial was more than a grave marker or a milestone to indicate time or space. They used the memorial to remember or to authenticate important events all relating to God Almighty. Throughout the book of Genesis, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob built altars or place markers at the sites where God had appeared to them. These markers stood as reminders of God's promise to the seed of Abraham to make of them a great nation, to give them a land, and to make them a blessing to all people. Praise God. God commanded the annual memorial of the Passover observance so that His people might reflect regularly upon all that He had done for them when they would come into the promised land and partake of its goodness. They were to remember the Lord they were to rehearse and retell the events of the great redemption of their ancestors who had yearned for freedom of slavery. They were to rejoice in past and present blessings and look forward to what God would yet do for them and through them. If we look to these events from the Exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt, it can show us the beginning of where God decided to carry all his people from the days of sin to the days of being clean. So this annual Passover marks a recognition of our forefathers past of liberation by the hand of God, but it also set a benchmark for what was to come in the future by the way of Yeshua HaMashiach. In those days of the Hebrews, only those who were of the household of faith could participate in the Passover festival of redemption. If Gentile visitors or servants wanted to share in the memorial, they first had to become Jews, that is, undergo circumcision, which would make them part of the covenant. The fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham that in his seed all nations of the earth would be blessed has done away with that kind of restriction, now all those who trust in Israel's Messiah for redemption belong to a new covenant of grace. They have undergone circumcision of the heart in Jeremiah 31, 31, 33. Romans 2, 28 through 29 are all eligible to commemorate and celebrate the new memorial as Paul wrote to the Ephesians believers, the Gentiles who at one time were excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise, who by faith in Yeshua, the Lamb of God, became no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. Ephesians 2, 12 through 19. Now, instead of exclusion, there is inclusion. As Israel celebrated the memorial of redemption from Egypt, now there is an even greater redemption to commemorate. Forgiveness of sin and new life through Yeshua. 
God's perfect lamb, because of Christ's sacrifice, all people, Jews and Gentiles, only need to submit to a spiritual circumcision of the heart to be brought under the new covenant redemption. In Mark 1.14, Now, after John was put in prison, Yeshua came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let's turn to Mark 12.12, or 12.11-12, that is. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and this was the doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the multitude, for they knew he had spoken the parable against them. So they left him and went away. Here, Yeshua is clearly making a point that all religions and ways of practicing to reach God were not founded on some established doctrines because there was not one clean without sin to lead them or provide them a bridge to God. First of all, what is a cornerstone? It is a stone that bears all of the heaviest of weight in the building a foundation. Since we tend to take pride in the things we build, however, in chapter 1 of Corinthians 3.10, it reminds us that we are only equipped to do by the grace of God. You see, God supplies the vision, the ability, the stones. He is the architect of the heavens and earth in Hebrews 11.10 and the provider of a foundation we rest our lives on for eternity. As in Psalms 127, 1-2 explains, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So why would a stone that God provides be rejected? His word assures us it is all part of His plan. The Lord Yeshua stated many times, if you tear down this temple, I can restore it in three days. And what does Yeshua mean when he says, in three days, I will raise it up. Remember what he says in John 10, 17 to 18. I lie down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lie it down of my own accord. I have authority to lie it down and I have authority to take it up again. He lays it down for our sin, and He takes it up again. When they destroy it, He builds it again in three days. But there is another level of meaning. The material temple that would be destroyed, Yeshua builds again in three days in the same sense that He now replaces this temple and becomes the new place where everyone may meet God and fellowship with God. Remember what he said in Matthew 12, 6. I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And he meant himself. The lamb was marked for death, as in Isaiah 53, 7, is the prophecy that the Messiah will be led as a lamb to the slaughter. 1 Peter 1 through 19, 20 says, Yeshua was foreordained to die before the creation of the world. According to Deuteronomy 15.21, only that which is perfect can make atonement. Yeshua, the Messiah, presented himself in public ministry for three years and showed himself perfect in heart and deed. Even Pilate found no fault in him. Hebrews 4.15 says that he was tempted, tested, in all points, yet was without sin. First Peter 19 describes him as the lamb without blemish or spot. In the First Testament, God gives instruction to Israel for the passage of Passover and before their rescue from Egypt. First, the people had to single out of their flocks the handsomest, healthiest-looking lamb. Then the family had to watch it carefully for four days before the Passover to make sure it was perfect in every way. During this period of close observation, 
They fed and cared for the lamb and grew accustomed to having it around. By the end of the fourth day, it must have won the affection of the entire household, especially the children. How could they now enjoy eating their lamb's flesh? The lesson was painful. God's holiness demands that he judges sin and the price is costly. But he is also merciful and provides a way of escape, redemption. Here they would mark their doorpost and their thresholds, which is the base of the door entrances, with the blood of this lamb that was sacrificed. And it would spare them the final judgment from the spirit of death that was to come over Egypt and take out the firstborn sons, which would cause the death of Pharaoh's own son. But it also caused Pharaoh to release all of God's people, about 600,000 Israelites and their flocks and their belongings. The innocent Passover lamb foreshadowed the one who would come centuries later to be God's final means of atonement and redemption. Not a bone was to be broken in the Passover lamb, and on the Passover's preparation, the lamb was to be sacrificed but not mingled or bone broken. In the New Testament, the Roman soldiers did not break the legs of Yeshua, the Messiah, as they did the legs of the other two men crucified beside him. In Exodus 12:4, God says, The Lamb, now he is known, unique, and set apart. Finally, in Exodus 12:5, God specifies, Your Lamb shall be without blemish. Each soul must appropriate the Lamb for himself. In Galatians 2.20, to apply this to faith in the Messiah, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, the Messiah, who loved me and gave himself for me. The New Testament refers to Yeshua, the Messiah, more than 30 times as the Lamb of God. Faith and trust in his sacrifice make a person or a nation belonged to God. In the First Testament, Israel was a night of judgment, but the Passover lamb brought forgiveness to God's people. It washed away 430 years of Egyptian contamination. The blood of the lamb protected them from the wrath of the Almighty. His loving protection, even in the midst of his fierce judgment, they gained a trust that was deep enough to see them through another black night soon to come. They would stand at the edge of the churning waves of the Red Sea with the entire host of angry Egyptians, their backs, and they would trust the words of Moses, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. Exodus 14, 13. The Lord often works on behalf of his people when things looked darkest. In the words of a psalmist, weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Psalms 35. And so the morning came, and with it joy and freedom. Here, our Lord God Almighty would keep his covenant. The Lord rescued Israel. The seed of Abraham must not forget their commitment to the Holy One of Israel, and they must not forget his promises. They must remember that he brought them out of Egypt with a strong hand and with his outstretched arm. Hallelujah. This all ties to Yeshua HaMashiach. Because that was an instrument of how our Lord God Almighty was to begin the movement of his salvation to all his people. Here, he is first pulling Israel out of bondage. But through Yeshua, he will work to restore all his people out of bondage, one by one. Through Yeshua, we are given a second chance at freedom. But this time... It is a one-on-one -on -one basis through his blood sacrifice at the cross 
in Calvary. Each man, child, and woman have the privilege of redemption because of Yeshua HaMashiach's work all the way to the cross. Yeshua will not break with the traditions set for Passover. He, in fact, prepared a meal with the apostles before he would face his own crucifixion. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Luke twenty-two seventeen through 18 Then dipping a piece of bread, he gave it to Judas Escarlot, son of Simon. What you are about to do, do it quickly, Yeshua told him. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out. John thirteen twenty six through 27 and 30. Bitter herbs is present at the Passover Seder. It represents the bitterness of things the Israelis had to pass in order to leave Egypt. And here with Yeshua, where he was face to face with Judas Escarlot, where he would betray him and members of his own apostles would abandon him that very night. He would face the cross alone. He got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist and began to wash his disciples' feet. John 13, 4-5 The Lord Yeshua on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three twenty four. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty five. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount Olives, Matthew twenty six thirty. If you will turn to Mark fourteen twenty seven, we'll read it together, twenty seven and twenty eight. Yeshua said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for this is written I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. The first hand washing by the host set him apart from the rest of his company. It showed that he was the most important one at that table. In washing his disciples' feet, Yeshua used this part of the regular ritual to teach a lesson of humility and love that he humbled himself and acted out of the role of a slave or servant. Yeshua taught them that it was not ceremonial rites, but acts of faith and love that were the most important. He even washed the feet of Judas. Now let's turn to Mark 15, and we're going to read Mark 15 and 16. Immediately in the morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole Council, and they bound Yeshua, led him away, and delivered him to Pilate. Then Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered and said to him, It is as you say. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? See how many things they testify against you. But Yeshua still answered nothing. So the Pilate marveled. Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder in the rebellion. Then the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release 
to you the king of the Jews. For he knew that the chief priest had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, What then do you want me to do with him, whom you call the king of the Jews? So they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them, and he delivered Jesua after he had scourged him to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole garrison, and they clothed him with purple, and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him, and bowing the knee they worshipped him, and when they had mocked him they took the purple off him, put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Syrian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him, and the inscription of his accusation was written above, the king of the Jews. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right hand and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says, as he was numbered with the transgressors, and those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priest, also mocking among themselves with the scribes, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe, even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jeshua cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by, when they heard that, said, Look, he is calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink, saying, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jeshua cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the less and of Joseph and Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee, and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Now when evening had come, because it was the preparation day, 
that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesua. Pilate marveled that he was already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he bought fine linen, took him down and wrapped him in the linen, and he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. Mark 16. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, but they were alarmed. But he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You seek Yeshua HaMashiach of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they had laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. As he said to you, so they went off quickly and fled the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, as they mourned and weep. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe her. And after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will soon recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord Yeshua went to the cross for it was long established. It would take one without sin or blemish as you are my witness, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, I am the Lord, you are my witness, declares the Lord, that I am God. In Isaiah 43, 10-12, through Israel came the holy writings, the promises of God, and the Redeemer, 
Sometimes the people of Israel were unwillingly vessels, but God used even their lapses of faith and disobedience as lessons for those who wanted to know him. The chosen people will serve God in one way or another, but the joy of serving him comes only from a relationship with him. The Lord shows humanity the unsatisfactory condition of the natural human heart, his willingness to forgive and restore, the way he has provided that people might return back to him through Yeshua HaMashiach, and the faithfulness and consistency of his undying love. Amen. Sister Yira, for the day of the light is of the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, before we end our cast today, we'd like to give you this poem. It is entitled, Yeshua HaMashiach is, and the author is unknown. Yeshua HaMashiach is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies can't defeat him. The schools can't explain him. And the leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The new age can't replace him. And many elites can't explain him away. 
He is light, love, longevity, and Lord. His goodness, His kindness, gentleness, and God. He is holy, righteous, mighty, powerful, and pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging, and His mind is on me. He is my Redeemer. He is my Savior. He is my guide, and He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord, and He rules my life. I serve Him because His bond is love, His burden is light, and His goal for me is abundant life. I follow Him because He is the wisdom of the wise, the power of powerful, the ancient of days, the ruler of rulers, the leader of leaders, the overseer of the overcomers, and the sovereigner God of all that was and is to come. And if that seems impressive to you, try this on for size. His goal is a relationship with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me, never mislead me, never forget me, never overlook me, and never cancel my appointment in his appointed book. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives. When I am weak, he is strong. When I am lost, he is the way. When I am afraid, he is my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, he mends me. When I am blind, he leads me. Hallelujah. When I am hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he is with me. When I face persecution, he seals me. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides for me. When I face death, he carries me home. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time and every way. He is God. He is faithful. I am his and he is mine. My father in heaven can whip the father of this world. So if you are wondering why I feel so secure, understand this. He said it and that settles it. God is in control. I am on his side and that means all is well with my soul. Every day is a blessing for Yeshua HaMashiach is the truth, the life, and the way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for episode 51 on Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio. We hope you celebrate this day as a step in the direction of your true freedom and hope in our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. Remember to always place Him above anything in your life. He will help you. Call on Him, our Lord Yeshua, our Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Royal Kingdom podcast. You can find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes LA, FM Player, and right here on our very own Royal Kingdom podcast on Podbean. Thank you to GospelRiver.com for Jesus, lover of my soul. God bless you and have a wonderful Passover with your friends and family.
You have been listening to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Thanks for listening.